You're not the boss of me now, and you're not so big. Welcome to Life is Unfair, the Malcolm in the Middle podcast, where we watch and talk about every episode of Malcolm in the Middle, sometimes more than once. For literally the 100th time, hi, I'm Jake. And I'm David. And this is our episode 100 extravaganza. That's right. Except for with a better name than what he said. The first little surprise we had prepared for you guys, you have already heard as we came in with our new intro and outro music, uh, which comes courtesy Jacob Newfeld or Little Strummer Boy on YouTube, SoundCloud, and all of the social media places, and you can find the links to his stuff in our episode descriptions from here on out. Big thank you to him for letting us use his cover of the Malcolm the Middle uh, intro music. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I Jake sent it to me uh, when he found it, and he's like, hey, do you like this? And my only response back was, "You need. we need this now. <laughs> and uh i so huge shout out and thank you so much for letting us use it it's awesome it completes it and uh it's such a good cover you guys definitely throw them throw them some love absolutely and uh but before we get into our episode specific stuff we do have our community segment as usual and of course we want to give a big thank you to everyone who supports us on patreon where we are let's play death ray uh, which is how you can support us monetarily and gain access to our secret podcast, Uncaged. And we also have some poll results for Hot Tub. Ah, yes, Hot Tub. Where we had our buddy Eric on with his, uh, theories about what <laughs> Francis did in the episode. Boy, they were, uh, <laughs> they were various. And <laughs> I am not sure who hurt Eric, but Apparently for once Francis. it wasn't us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we did all agree in that episode that Reese was the least shitty kid because he was being manipulated by Noah and just sort of doing standard Reese level, you know, bullying. This is correct. And the audience agreed with us. Uh, Reese won with 55% of the vote, with Malcolm coming in second with 33%, and Dewey getting a lone Josh from Des Moines vote. Ah, uh, there's, there's Josh poking his head back out. <laughs> uh, oh, which, uh, actually, I have lied. Oh? We, we actually have a reply on that one explaining the choice of Dewey. Yeah. Yes, because Brackinator99 left a reply for both of our polls for this uh, last week. And uh, on this one, they say uh, Dewey because he did assault someone, but only after the kid attacked his former friend and to show Reese that he was being used. Hmm. That sounds like he just excused his behavior. It's called mitigating <laughs> circumstances. All right. Uh, my client is innocent. <laughs> <laughs> it's very uh, early season David logic to defend Dewey's actions there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Look, I'm getting nostalgic, Jake. <laughs> That's fair. 
and oh boy, is this going to be an episode for that. It sure is. But before we get into the nostalgia, we do also have our shittiest kid poll looking back on Hot Tub, uh, which we were less agreeable on with uh, you and I choosing Malcolm for dumping human and pet remains in the middle of a street, amongst other things. Wow. Eric laid out a asinine conspiracy theory accusing Francis of multiple off-screen murders. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and it gets weirder because the audience agreed Francis won with 62% of the vote. How? <laughs> One... <laughs> Once again, Malcolm and Dewey taking the remainder. <laughs> first of all i would once again like to invoke if it if we didn't see it it didn't happen and two there is no evidence even aside from that for eric's wild theories i didn't realize this was like some QAnon level voting here this is yikes i mean clearly eric used his contacts in the russian government yeah, exactly. <laughs> to hack the poll. Uh-huh. <laughs> God. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's uh. probably just Eric and all six of his Twitter accounts that have voted for No. <laughs> but uh, Brackenator99 also wrote in on that poll with the uh, reasonable choice of Malcolm, saying, even though he was under duress, throwing someone's relative's ashes is super shitty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. Uh, Brackenator, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty smart person. Yeah, much more reasonable than Eric. Yeah, well, that's a low bar. Love you, Eric. But... <laughs> I mean, he's had us on his show multiple times. He's clearly unhinged. You're not wrong. <laughs> Poor choice. <laughs> oh, but that wraps up our community segment. So uh, let's. Look at our itinerary for today. Yeah, let's talk about what a shit show this is going to be. So, uh, we are going to be revisiting four episodes, one for each of the previous seasons, and the episodes were chosen by you, the listener. You say that, like, really sarcastic. They were actually chosen by our audience. Yeah, what's that mean, sarcastic? Yeah. Dude, you sounded so sarcastic. Yeah, I was, I was doing the, the PBS, you the listener thing. Yeah, but they say it like overly hyped and sin like seriously. You said it like you the listener, and it was like I don't know, just sounded sarcastic. You think everything I say is sarcastic? That's because everything you say is sarcastic. I don't understand. You're the only right eighty percent of the time, David. <laughs> That's a good grade. <laughs> That's better than most of your guessing game grades. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Back off. I've been doing good lately. You have been. <laughs> uh, but the episodes that we are going to be revisiting today are Roller Skates, Bowling, Hal's Birthday, and Forwards Backwards. Which are all great choices. Those are powerhouse episodes. Yeah. And, uh, in addition, I have created a drinking game, uh, for Malcolm in the Middle, sort of, generally, which I will be posting a link to the, uh, 
rules, which naturally are in spreadsheet. Of course, of course. <laughs> and uh, Sister Savage has improved on the name as we asked the audience to. Is she has suggested the name Malcolm in the Modelo, <laughs> which is great. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's very good. Also, everyone should join the Discord. Links in the show notes. Join the Discord, and then you can be part of these discussions. Uh, but also, thank you so much for that name because it's way better than what I had. What did you have? But don't worry about it. It's this is better. Why would we give the inferior product? Keep going. <laughs> but I want to know. <laughs> No, don't I, worry about it. Look, I I gave my attempt at a name. Did you? Yeah, it was Malcolm and Mimosa. Ah, nice. All right, so anyways. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, it was going to be the Moscow Middle, because I was thinking about it while I was looking at a Moscow Mule. <laughs> I'm very original. Good tracks, good tracks. <laughs> I, th I, th I think it's about on par with mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we don't name stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Except this podcast, David. Nah, that was handed to us. Come on now. The, look, this podcast exists because I thought of the name. Oh, that's right, huh? <laughs> yes, I thought of the name and went, yeah, that would be the perfect name for a Malcolm in the Middle podcast. And then we were like, okay, if there's not a Malcolm in the Middle podcast that we can find, we're going to make it because we have the name. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was the origin story of this podcast. <laughs> Oh, God, right? Dude. <laughs> and we've gotten so much better at this, I think, over time. Also, I hope the audience agrees. Uh <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> the sound quality of nothing else. Like, I listened back to some of our old stuff, and, like, you can definitely tell the uh, difference in the microphones. Yeah, absolutely. Especially yeah. back when we were uh, recording on one mic. Oh, God. Yeah. To be fair, like, it wasn't super bad audio quality, but that you could always tell, like, the, the microphone was too far away from one of us at any given episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do not miss having only one mic. Having two areas to record is so much better. <laughs> it is. God. But uh, getting into the rules for the drinking game, I'm not going to go through uh all of them because they are numerous because i came up with a rule for essentially every character in the show oh no <laughs> so i'm only going to do the relevant ones wow well you know the, the, the specific ones we're doing okay also uh i will say real quick uh i am not able to drink due to a uh health issue that is currently ongoing right now uh so i will be the one keeping the podcast on the rails while jake gets yes. plastered he has the designated podcaster that's right <laughs> i'm the dp oh motherfucker <laughs> uh, see i th i thought about those initials and then went you know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm so glad that you did. <laughs> I hate you so much. I didn't think about it. Also, that's my real initials, you piece of shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, you should start going by that. Like as a nickname. No. DP. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's LP, because that's Googleable. I mean. <laughs> so is the other one, but you won't find me. <laughs> well... 
<laughs> this is already going horribly. Oh, this is great. Uh, Top this tier intro, episode. This, this, this intro is forever. We still have four episodes. <laughs> ah, we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so... Uh, for each of the Wilkerson's, each rule is just a simple, if, th- if they do this thing, you take a drink. So, Malcolm, anytime he breaks the fourth wall, take a drink. Reese, anytime he hits someone, take a drink. Uh, for Dewey, anytime he does something musical, take a drink. For Francis, anytime he complains about or says something disparaging about Lois, take a drink. For Lois... Uh, anytime she yells at the boys for something they did not do, take a drink. Because I felt like the yelling would be too much. <laughs> well, yeah. And for Hal, anytime he screams and or cries, take a drink. So th- those are the main, like, Wilkerson rules. Uh, then there's a couple other, uh, like, just non-character specific rules. Uh, if the... Uh, intro is the shortened version. That's called the they might not be giants after all rule, and you take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime there's a montage, you take a drink for each cut, and that, of course, is the Todd Holland rule. Of course, of course. Anytime you recognize a song, take a drink, which is the isn't that the squirrel not zippers rule. <laughs> And finally, uh, anytime you notice Kellogg's product placement, oh, no. finish your drink with a limit of once per episode, and that is the Pop-Tart Gate rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> then, uh, as I said, I also have rules for, like, Every recurring side character in the show, but only a few of them will be relevant in the actual episode, so I'm just going to, like, list them before each episode. So, since we will be starting with Roller Skates, which includes Stevie, Commandant Spangler, and uh, the the various cadets who I sort of lumped into one thing, which I did a similar thing for the Krellings. Uh, We have rules for Stevie... Anytime he uses his inhaler, you have to drink until he stops using his inhaler. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) For the cadets, anytime they physically assault Francis, you have to take one drink for every cadet involved. (laughs) (laughs) Are you trying to kill our listeners? (laughs) And for Spangler... Anytime he uses a hyper-specific prosthetic hook, take a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, nice. (laughs) So, those are going to be all of the rules at play, at least for roller skates. Uh, So, with that, we're gonna go watch the episode, and we're gonna report back. Don't go anywhere. Okay. Well, that is roller skates down yeah. for our viewings. And how many drinks, Jake? Uh, I mean, one and a half as far as, you know, mixed drinks. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah, there, there, was a, there was a lot of cadets. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, I, I feel like you forgot about the F-plot. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Before this episode even started, I told David, 
this is going to be a rough one because I I remembered how much like uh you know uh licensed music there was in the episode and how many montages. Did not think about the F plot on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the the end of this episode in particular. It's a lot of back-to-back drinks. <laughs> sure was. <laughs> oh, I love it. This episode's so good, though. Oh, my God, dude. I laughed so much. A hundred percent. Still definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, such just peak good Malcolm in the Middle. I, this is such a good episode. It, it has great parts all throughout it. Lots of reasons to laugh. Amazing stunts by Brian Cranston. And just, it's so wacky that it feels real. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, and maybe that's just a, a me thing. But, like, this Hal reminds me so much of my dad and, like, how into, like, dumb things he was uh, to me as a kid and how much he wanted me to be in them. And... and how just much of an asshole I was to my dad because I could not give a shit less. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I didn't really have a lot of those with my dad. Generally, like most of the things he like got that into were also things that I liked, so it kind of worked out. So, like music stuff, especially, and then. Like, uh, other than that, the only, like, real forced thing was more of him, like, trying to teach me, like, carpentry stuff, like, landscaping stuff that I just could not give a fuck about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ham radios, dude. If I never see another one in my life, it'll be too soon. Yeah, yeah. That, that is definitely much more of a your dad trait. <laughs> I meant this hobby, so I'm going to try to get everyone into this hobby. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the, this episode, like you said, it's just full of so many great, just memorable moments. Like the the lean-in and, and the background going dark. Oh, yes. Of course, the, the skating routines and all of that stuff is just so fucking good. The motivational hip-shaking at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I love it so much. It's, a, it's such a perfect episode. It really is. And such a solid F-plot, too. It is. <laughs> really really shows the growth that we've seen from Francis. Yeah, but that's one of the things that I was like, especially for you, curious about, like, revisiting these. Like, how, how much it impacts how you see these characters. It's part of why I uh, insist that we redo Shittiest and Least Shitty Kid Awards. Ah, that that makes sense and everything. Uh, yeah. It definitely, like, it, I feel like I'm definitely going to watch the glow up of Francis. Malcolm seems to be the same level of shitty. We'll see. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I see why I could stick up for Reese in this uh, in this season so much. I think, like, they definitely tap into some evil later on with Reese. Yeah, yeah. Early Reese is much more of a just, like, typical bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, then, then as it goes, obviously, they, they have to they have to do the escalation, so obviously he just gets more and more monstrous. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I agree with that. He, he, they do, they do start turning him into just an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> um, and I'm starting to worry that there's no hope for him. And that makes me sad. <laughs> I want there to be hope for Reese so very badly. Well, it was nice seeing a little baby Dewey again. Dude, seeing all of them that young, like, it, it was so weird because, you right? know, we've gotten used to where they're at now. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, it, it threw me for a loop, not going to lie. And by the time he gets to... Where we are in the show, like, Justin Burfield and uh, Frankie Munez are adults. <laughs> like, yeah. They're, they're both over 18 at the point of the series that we're at now. It's weird seeing them, you know, then and being like, oh, right, they started the show as literal children. <laughs> right. Also, oh, hey, did you know there's Munez news? Oh, the NASCAR thing? Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh man, there's some Frankie Muniz news. Uh, but yeah, he's going to he's gonna drive in NASCAR. That's crazy. That's right? <laughs> uh, I want to know, like, I didn't see the date, but he's supposed to have a race coming up, like, for his debut drive. I'm looking it up right now. I, I don't know. I didn't look that far into it. Uh, it doesn't look like the date is confirmed, but he's going to be driving and racing in 2023. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I looked at the headline, went good for him, and moved on. Right. <laughs> Listen, I just do not care about NASCAR. I don't either, but I care about Frankie Muniz. Fair. Also, <laughs> putting you know Malcolm behind the wheel of a NASCAR that that scares me. I mean, he was named for a famous NASCAR driver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rusty Malcolm. Oh, hey, did you tell everyone <laughs> what the drink you were drinking was? Oh, I did not. Uh, because, uh, essentially, I just grabbed, like, the, like, one of each soda we had, and some bottles of liquor, and was just planning on mixing shit together, but, uh, David said that I should come up with a specific drink for each episode and name them, so I'm doing that now, apparently. You sure are. So, for this episode, I drank the Blackout, <laughs> which, uh... Consists of one part vodka, one part lemon juice, and uh, two parts uh, Mountain Dew Live Wire. Yeah, I mostly want you to uh, explain what you're drinking each episode because I want the audience to understand, one, how uncultured your drinks are, and two, how much of a heathen you are. Listen. <laughs> It was good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I may not, you know, make actual drinks, but I'm very good at knowing how to, like, make a tasty alcoholic beverage out of whatever's handy. <laughs> you, yes, Jake, you are the redneck bartender. Exactly. <laughs> You you are the bartender equivalent of strapping it together with baling wire and bubblegum. Yeah, that adds up. That's that's what I go for. Oh my god. Uh, also, baling wire and bubblegum, a good name for a drink. You're not wrong. 
Okay, well, should we get into our segments that didn't exist when we did this episode the first time around? We should. Okay, so the one award that we have added uh, since this episode is the Cloris Leachman Award. It was, uh, obviously, you know, Cloris Leachman wasn't in Season 1. Uh, so, who did you give your Cloris Leachman Award your award for the best acting? Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, obviously. He, who else would it be? <laughs> he did his own stunts, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this is just such a Brian Cranston episode. <laughs> so much so. It just I love and then I love the like philosophical waxing while sitting on the edge of the bed. Like it sounds like something like dialogue that belongs in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Any minute I expect Hal to be like, You were the chosen one, Anakin. Yeah, and I do feel like uh, one thing this episode does really well that I feel like gets sort of lost in later seasons is, like, how not knowing how to parent Malcolm. Right. I, I think, he, like, that that scene does a really good job of illustrating, like, Hal's dilemma and his just, you know, inability to understand Malcolm. I will say, I feel like we lose a little bit in Hal's character with the boys when we gain more of his character by itself. Yeah, the the, the focus definitely moves from, like, him as a dad to him just being this wacky character. Yeah, which, I mean, I love that character, but I do, watching this again does make me, I wish we saw more of that, like, him having problems to connect with Malcolm the way he did the other boys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also forgot that this was one of the, like, it's not quite like one of the, you know, season four, Lois just isn't in the episode, but it's fairly close. It's like right. how how little she, she gets to do in this episode. Yeah, Lois and Dewey are both very just barely present. Which I think is fine, because it, it gives more time for that just fucking fantastic Hal Malcolm plot line. Yeah, it's phenomenal. With a, I, I did forget that, like, there were episodes like that, like, as far back as season one. I mostly associated with those, like, middle seasons. Right. As far as, like, Lois not having a very big role. That's fair. Then the other segment that didn't exist the first time we covered this episode that now does is the Cranston Connection. Uh, what Cranston connection did you make, David? Uh, well, Hal clearly isn't concerned with dosage or use of narcotic painkillers. I mean, <laughs> this is clear due to his reckless use of food and multiple pills to try to drug Lois and using a child to deliver drugs, a mistake he will continue to make until it becomes very costly in the future. <laughs> okay. Uh, solid Cranston connection. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that just leaves our shittiest and least shitty kids for uh, this episode then. David, uh, would you like me to tell you before or after what your original choices were? After, because that yeah. feels more torturous and that feels more like you. Okay, well, who did you choose as your least shitty kid for this episode? I, by default, went with Reese. Okay. Why'd you go with Reese? 
he doesn't do anything super shitty uh, other than something that rewatching the episode is very heavily implied that uh, was actually Hal's instruction, uh, which I think I yelled at him originally for drugging his mom. But, you know, Hal used him as a delivery method. Uh, it wasn't like his idea. And he encourages Malcolm to uh, stick it through and, and just do what Hal says which, as we see in the end of the episode, is exactly what he needed to do. He doesn't really... I mean, the worst thing he does is shove someone into some trash cans while playing street hockey. That's not that bad. Okay, well, David, that that is a watered-down version of your original argument. You chose Reese originally as your least shitty kid, but uh, <laughs> re-listening to it this morning... You were very emphatic that Reese was drugging Lois for her own good, <laughs> and that he did nothing wrong. And I will say, as I did back then, you are incorrect. You have misjudged the worst thing he does in this episode twice. He spreads shit throughout the house and on the coffee table, David. <laughs> yeah, but you guys did that in my house like all the time. I was used to it. Wow. Literal shit, David. Yeah, Literal I shit. know. No. Oh. I'm Look, still... I have always been a take your shoes off at the door guy, David. Guys, I can't speak to Ryan or our other heathen friends. Listen. But that was beat into me at a young age. Listen. <laughs> First of all, let's not even talk about the shit you guys have willingly done to my food and or beverages. That's different. No. That's no. Because that's not when they involve the socks feces. that you wore out into the literal feces. I disagree. <laughs> Y'all are fucked up. <laughs> also, he's a kid with roller skates who tracked shit into the house. Like, who hasn't done that? He, he also threw his mother's back out, David. That's why. No, the least she, shitty kid of this episode threw... is Dewey. <laughs> Listen, I can agree with a Dewey pick, but I knew. <laughs> That if I pick Dewey, you were going to call bullshit because he's in the episode for 2.3 seconds. That's exactly what you said the first time. Because I was right. <laughs> but look, he only does one thing in this episode. And that one thing is to obey Lois. He asks her if he can get milk. She says yes, but get a glass. And he does. Dewey, perfect angel. I agree. But fuck you. Okay, well, who did you think was the shittiest kid for Malcolm. this episode? Okay. Of course, okay. it's Malcolm. I mean, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. How dare he question the top skate dog and the master <laughs> of skating? He will never even be granted the title of skate master, let alone permitted to join the council. <laughs> The Brotherhood of the Wheel? Yeah, he was he it, he committed, Jake, and he failed to keep that commitment. And then he said awful things to his father consistently. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And then he finished that page, and I mm, he really wanted to to grin down and bear it and finish that that page, even after it was very clearly causing pain to Hal. I agree. Malcolm, absolutely shittiest kid, and I'm glad that you've come around, because last time, you chose Francis as shittiest kid. Uh, that's fair. Look, Francis, close runner-up, but it's definitely Malcolm. 
I- I'm glad you finally see reason. Oh, shut up. I hate you so much. <laughs> and you know why. You know why I hate you. A multitude of reasons, I assume. Well then, let's move along to our Season 2 episode, Bowling, uh, which doesn't have any side characters and therefore doesn't have any uh, additional uh, drinking rules. Right, yeah, it'll just be all the same rules for the last episode. Yep, uh, and I, I will tell you, uh, this one's, this is an interesting one for us to, like, revisit, because we did a gimmick episode for the gimmick episode. Oh, that's right, this is the one, this is the, what do they call it, the split door or whatever? Uh, sliding door. Sliding yeah. door, yeah, this is the sliding door episode. Yes, which we did with our show as well. Oh, yeah. Which, which means we, rather than doing, like, awards for the, like, episode as a whole we, we did, did them, them for, for the timeline, timeline. oh so God. so i think for this one we're actually going to just like do normal awards this time <laughs> for and, and do like all of them nice okay <laughs> this is also a pre-cranston connection episode as well i thought the first one was the only one but apparently this one didn't have one as well. okay so we will also be doing that uh are you on the cranston connection this time or am i uh i'll take it okay all right well, we'll be right back. And we're back. Yeah, what an episode. What episodes? <laughs> kind of? No. One episode, two timeline. Yeah, this is some real Doctor Strange shit. Pretty sure the uh, MCU stole the idea from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, yeah, that's why we have multiple timelines in the MCU. 100%. Yep. Absolutely. The uh, M and MCU actually stands for them. Little known fact. Yeah. It's the Malcolm Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh, Lord. So what was your drink for this episode, Jake? Well, David, that's an issue. So I didn't have to make a new drink this time. Wow. There, there were few enough that uh, finishing the half of a blackout I had from last time, uh, that's still not finished. There's still like two drinks left in it. I feel like maybe you should have made a new drink for this episode. Uh, but I didn't. Make a new drink for every episode. Look, I, I honestly didn't think it would be an issue. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I was going to name the new drink the 300, whatever it was. <laughs> well, now, Jake, you have to make up the 300 on the spot right now. Okay, so I, I feel like it would have to be like... Three separate alcoholic drinks, sort of a uh, Long Island iced tea kind of deal. Okay. Um, I'm thinking some Irish whiskey, some spiced rum. Okay. So we'll say, okay, so then we'll say one part Captain Morgan, one part uh, Jameson. And uh, what, what would go good with that? I mean, I know what I'd make, but then it's not a you drink. Without actually making it to taste it, it's very uh-huh. hard to figure out. Uh, maybe we throw in, oh, maybe some triple sec. Okay, that might be good. Okay, so triple sex, Captain Morgan, Jameson. Yeah, and then, then I think maybe it's like a uh, splash of some citrus. Maybe if that's not good, but uh, okay. I, I, I think you just try those three together first. That's it. That's it. Just on the rocks. Like that I said, sounds it's, it's a long terrible. Island iced tea. I mean, look, 
if you look at the ingredients of a Long Island iced tea, you'd go, that's that's terrible. But when you drink it, it's delicious. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. You know we're going to have to make that drink now. Fair. <laughs> we'll report back. That's right. Uh, the worst part is I can't try it right now, and I, it's that's awful. <laughs> oh, we can make our roommate Kyle try it. I don't. I don't think we have the ingredients though. Uh, we have Irish whiskey. We have spiced rum. They just won't be the ones I listed. Fair. We can make it with Kraken, whatever his Irish whiskey is that he has, the one that I've never heard of. And oh, we don't have triple sec. Yeah. Damn. Never mind. Fuck. <laughs> All right, we'll report back at a different time. <laughs> I mean, it's Friday night. I could run to the. <laughs> I could run to the liquor store. But uh. Yeah, well, what what do you think of this episode, David? I still really like it. Um, I think it's very unique. Uh, I think it's a a really interesting take. I think that I'm glad we did our bit the first time because <laughs> doing the awards for this episode is a pain in the ass when you're just looking at the episode <laughs> as a whole. It was pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I I really like it. I really enjoy it. Um. Yeah, I like when they do, like, high-concept, weird shit in a funny way. It remains my favorite episode. I still think I like Roller Skating King more than this, but this is a close second. That's fair. Roller Skating King, very good. Although, I don't know. Christmas is so good. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of good options. Christmas might take number two for me, but this is this is definitely in the top five. I really do like this episode. Since we have all of our, our awards, let's go ahead and get into those. And as usual, you'll start with the Roller Skating King Award. What was your favorite visual moment, David? Hal starting to conceptualize his uh, bowling routine and his superstition. Still so funny. I love it. It's just such a bowler, like, uh, it's such like an old school bowler thing. It's so funny. And I love it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, I specifically, I, I wanted to choose what, like one of the things that I know I wouldn't have been able to because of our gimmick the first time. That's fair. So I sort of broadly went with the transitions. If I, if I had to pick one, my favorite is the one where it's like a close up of Malcolm, uh, like after his like little tantrum and the like one foot away, uh, like gutter ball, uh, it like switches focus so that like his face is no longer in focus and then in the background in focus is malcolm and uh what's her name going off uh like behind the lanes that is good uh i like one more just because it's funnier i think that one was probably better done but i love the one where lois is like two dollars i only have two dollars and then hal like comes in the door <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know Opens his wallet, and good thing I took some cash out of your mom's wallet this morning. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's fair. That, that one is very good. And uh, I do also really like how they handled that one. Uh, they they make it look like there's no cut. Yeah. Uh, because it just, like, pans back over to the door and then, like, stays there for a second as, like, Hal comes back in uh, yep. with, with the boys. Which, uh, like, like, a lot of the cut or, uh, like, transitions between timelines are, are done with that. Or there's, like, one that's... Uh, like one of them ends with like a zoom in on a soda and then like 
again without looking like there's a cut like zooms out and it's a different person so it like starts as Reese's then goes to Hal's uh, just like a ton of like little clever stuff like that is why this is my favorite episode uh, because that stuff's just handled so well the editing in this episode is top notch it is but uh, let's move on to our next award what did you give your hot dog with mustard your award for the best line I am the mayor of Strike Town. <laughs> it's just such a goofy thing to exclaim, and I love it. I also love that no one around him reacts to it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he also does a fucking Power Rangers ass yeah, he does. celebration. That's awesome. Uh, it's like It's like if Power Rangers met Jay and Silent Bob. it's so it's so funny and i love because like through the rest of the episode they've got the like background characters reacting to things like when the bowling ball hits the bully's ankle and stuff uh you've got and he goes running off there's a dude in the background who's like who's actively reacting and you can see him mouth something along the lines of like hey what (laughs) <laughs> but then when he screams this, no one in the background reacts. I was looking for it, and there is nothing. Right. <laughs> uh, so great. Uh, yeah, that, that was also my first choice. But, uh, since you took that, I will go with my backup, which is also a Hal line. And it's just his very, like, pathetic chant of, Three oh oh. He's like trying to get the crowd to agree that this counts as a perfect game. Right. <laughs> Win them over with chanting. It's a very Gregorian solution. Okay. Well, let, let's move on to our next award. Which of these plot lines did you give the A plot of your heart? There were plot lines. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gave it to the the uh, the darkest timeline, the Hal timeline. Okay, uh, specifically the Hal at bowling timeline. I'm assuming. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I realize Hal's in both, but yeah, I figured yeah. that's how we would identify. Yeah, is which parent <laughs> took them? Yeah, ha- Hal at bowling is my favorite timeline. It's the darkest timeline, which I appreciate Abed for you know making me aware of this. Uh, I actually went with the lowest timeline. Okay. Uh, I I love seeing Malcolm go through this horrific, embarrassing situation. <laughs> and as I said the first time we covered it, one of my all-time favorite moments in the entire show, and definitely my favorite Malcolm moment, is that gutter ball right up in front of the pins is just <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> Well, that's because you just find that super relatable, Jake. Fair. <laughs> well, uh, what did you give your OK Boomer Award? Your award for the moment or detail that sets the episode firmly within its time of release, David. Thinking back on it now, I think I'd use this the first time, too. But I'm giving it to the arcade in the background. I think I actually gave it to that last time. OK. I think. I remember, talk- I remember right. talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm assuming I gave it to it last time because that I, I was always the guy that was like, fuck bowling, I'm going to go play Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's such a 2000s thing to have, like, the weird, like, arcades in the background, the little coin machines in the, uh, you know, department stores and stuff, and now all that stuff's just, like, gone. 
They're like, yeah, don't bring your kids here. We don't want them. Bowling alleys are for 40-year-old drunk men only. Correct. I mean, <laughs> hey, I think our only operational bowling alley in our town is connected to a bar. So, Are we down to one? I think oh, we so. We might have two. And to be fair, the others were connected to bars too. So, <laughs> Well, of course. Yeah. Well, I gave my OK Boomer Award to a thing that I'm also fairly sure we talked about the first time. But uh, there, there is a big Charmander plushie in the boys' room. It's very prominently displayed, like right next we, to the door. Well, I think we did talk about it in one of the timelines. I, I know we talked it. about it. Th this also may not be like the first episode it showed up in. I don't remember. But I, I know we talked about Pokemon plushes before. Yeah, because I know, I remember for one of the timelines, I talked about the bowling sign above the door. Uh, yeah. Because he talks about the name above the... And that's definitely a thing that used to happen here. Yeah. I, I remember you saying that because I was very perplexed by it. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't surprise me. You didn't spend nearly as much time in a bowling alley as I did. Correct. Uh, moving on to our next award. Who did you choose as your favorite character? I gave it to Dewey because his manipulation is hilarious. Not understanding what a credit card is or how they work. I thought it was hilarious when he gives the pizza driver two credit cards. <laughs> uh, I also like that he steals from Hal the same amount as Reese, it feels like, but just in very different, more damaging ways. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, I went with Hal as my favorite character. That's fair. Because I, I do love his increasing superstition uh, in the timeline where he's at the bully now. And I also love that he just immediately gets duped by Dewey. But he stays <laughs> home with Dewey. Listen, I get it. And I'm pretty sure I talked about this the first time. But reading bedtime stories is a trap for dads. That's how you <laughs> fall asleep. Uh, a little detail that I don't, I don't think I like saw last time or, or i don't remember us talking about is i love that dewey is the one who turns on the little music box yeah yeah 100 <laughs> yeah i love i love watching him reach up and do that like he is clearly he's manipulating this and i love it oh yeah for sure like i get it though because my three-year-old already does shit like that like he'll come grab me and he'll be like dad dad go to bed I'm like no <laughs> your bedtime and he'll go no dad sleep with me <laughs> and then he'll try to like grab a book and grab my hand and he'll like try to get me to get up and then once i'm up he's like all right we go <laughs> that's bedtime <laughs> yeah exactly uh well who did you give your chloris leachman award to your award for the best acting uh i gave it to eric per sullivan man the rolling over and that knowing little smirk when, like, Hal asks him, uh, you know why we're doing this, right, son? Uh, just, like, that, and then, like, all the the setting Hal up with the pizza in the dark time, or in the, you know, good timeline. Uh, <laughs> just so, so funny. Um, and then the, the little comments in the Lois timeline, like, when she's like, who won that one? I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. I love it. Now, I chose Frankie Munez for the Chorus Leachman this time because I think he he has like the biggest difference between like like his two timeline as far as like characterization goes. 
And I think yeah. you did a very good job with both of them. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all. That just leaves our shittiest and least shitty kid awards. Yeah. <laughs> Which, judging the, the characters based on two timelines was interesting. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> uh, who did you end up choosing as your shittiest kid? Uh, Malcolm, of course. Of course. Uh, why'd you choose Malcolm? Uh, so, first of all, there's the meltdown uh, against Lois. There's the absolute lack of gratitude that is always present and the whininess in Malcolm. Um, also, uh, and admittedly, I know, come at me in the comments, uh, I just, I know it's fitting, but I just, when he's flirting with the girl in the timeline where he's, like, being successful uh, with her, I find it super annoying. Uh, I don't know why. I just that scene annoys the shit out of me. Uh, and I gave a point to Malcolm. I even have like a little asterisk next to his name in my notes <laughs> that just says annoying as fuck. And then there's also just like you know he completely steps out of the way and lets the ball go, seeing Reese throw it and uh, doesn't interfere because he's distracted. And again. Annoying as fuck. Uh, and also, the end scene in that timeline, also kind of obnoxious. <laughs> oh. What, him ruining the perfect game? Yes. <laughs> so mad. So uh, mad. Yes. <laughs> he ruined a perfect game, Jake. You don't understand how rare that is. How hard that is. Oh. Uh... Uh, well, David, I will say, last time you did not choose Malcolm in either timeline is shittiest. I'm aware. So, uh, apparently, it's the amalgamation. I think so. <laughs> you know, honestly, legitimately, Jake, I think that, yes, I think taking either timeline alone, I don't think I'd pick Malcolm, but there's enough parts that annoy me, and then the ruining the, the perfect game and the and the yelling at Lois, when you take them together and don't consider them separately, definitely gave him extra points that I think he wouldn't have gotten if we were doing the uh, individual timeline thing again. Okay, fair enough. I went with Reese. I hate you. For my shittiest kid. Because looking at both time, he, he, I think, is the only one... I found consistently shitty across both timelines. Uh, considerably more in one, admittedly. Because <laughs> in one timeline, he spits in someone's face and fucking nails someone in, in the, the ankle. ankle with a fucking bowling ball. <laughs> right. But even in the other one, his, like, joining in on the chant, you know, against Malcolm is very shitty as well. Connie. Connie. <laughs> Whereas Malcolm was just kind of meh in both and... You know, Dewey was very shitty in one, not shitty at all in the other. Francis was very shitty in one, not shitty in the other. So that that kind of just led me to Reese. <laughs> That's fair. Then, I mean, it's definitely Malcolm, but I understand why you would choose Reese. Uh, who did you think was least shitty in this episode? Uh, Francis. Okay. See, we, we both we both chose Francis in the Hal at Home timeline last time. Uh -huh. So that, that, that doesn't surprise me too much. Yeah. Well, see, Francis is a millennial, and he's just trying to get in on what would turn out to be 
an amazing business opportunity. I think <laughs> this is actually the start of Uber, Jake. <laughs> also, he's a millennial. He can't afford a car or a house in the future. This is his only shot. <laughs> That's that's what I'm saying, Jake. If he could have one seventh of a car right now, he'd be ahead of most millennials. Fair. For a second, I was thinking Hal caved in and gave it to him. And I was gonna say, does that make the uh, other plot line the, the canonical one? <laughs> but yeah, he gets fucked no matter what. Yep. Yeah. Either either timeline, Francis is screwed. Can't count on the International Bank of Mom. Well, David, you're going to be very displeased to know I gave my least shitty kid to Malcolm. What the fuck? <laughs> because while he was somewhat shitty in both plot lines, he's the only one who doesn't have a singular plot line where he's just a total piece of shit. Yeah, he does. It's called both. It's called the show <laughs> at this point, Jake. It's the show. <laughs> no, he was fine in this episode. Well, that just leaves the Cranston connection. Yeah, it's smooth transition, dickhead. <laughs> uh, which, befitting the multiple timelines, I actually have two Cranston connections, David. Oh, nice, nice. Although they both apply to the same timeline. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? Sorry, I'm dying over here. <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, it's because I had my Cranston connection and then our conversation led me to another one. Oh, awesome. But uh, I know how Hal was able to bowl this perfect game. Yeah? And it's because back when he went by the name Patrick Crump in the X-Files, oh <laughs> he was exposed to a government program that was sending out electromagnetic frequencies. Bro. Which uh, exploded his wife's head and then also affected him. Obviously, in the X-Files, they make it seem like his head exploded as well, which was a deep fake, as we all know. But <laughs> uh, clearly, that exposure has given him minor Magneto-esque powers over magnetism. Oh, my lord. And he was unwittingly using these powers to guide the ball into the pins every time with his focus. And I think this also explains why he has all of these, you know, different personalities and all of this vast memory loss from time to time. It, it all links back to this exposure to those electromagnetic frequencies. Oh my god. <laughs> then the, the, the one that I pieced together based on our conversation, when, when I brought up how Power Rangers ask his you know, Pose was when he when he got that strike. Oh! Brian Cranston has a lot of exposure to the Power Rangers universe. He sure does. First, linking back to the original series where he played Snizzard and Twin Man. Yep. <laughs> and two of his monstrous forms he was turned into by Rita Repulsa. <laughs> and then he, and he plays uh, Zordon or whatever, doesn't he? He does in the uh, newer movie. It came out what, 2016? Something, Something like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so oh, he he awesome. has seen these poses frequently, and clearly, that's where he drew his inspiration from. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he <laughs> knew he was channeling cosmic energy to cheat at bowling. I mean, 
Yeah. It's morphin time. That's some bullshit. <laughs> so that, that confirms uh, Hal has multiple superpowers and is also a cheater at bowling. That's right. <laughs> oh, but you got to think how bad that bowling ball to the kidney had to have hurt for oh, Malcolm God. then. <laughs> God, yes. <laughs> By the way, that was a contender for a Roller Skating Teen Award. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it is for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, that finishes that episode out. Next up is Hal's birthday, uh, which oh, yeah. uh, includes the introduction of Piyama, uh, which means uh, I have to add her rule to the drinking game, and that is simply that Anytime she brings up her family, I take a drink. Okay. And uh, that that one there, there's not a whole lot of like new segments or anything for us to cover. So I think it's just the uh, shittiest and least shitty kid as far as awards. Alrighty. All right. Well, let's go watch that. We'll be right back. And we're back from Hal's birthday. And boy, what a party. <laughs> I mean, it turned out okay. He got cake sliced with a knife and a new back hair trimmer. That is a very high standard. <laughs> well, uh, my drink for this episode was the full dessert card. Nice. Very good, Jake. Very good. Is that Which, because of the 23 flavors? Uh, yes. As it uh, is one part Kraken, uh, which is a flavored rum. Two parts Dr. Pepper and a splash of caramel syrup. Okay. It was very good. I'm glad you enjoyed. Uh, so how do you think this one holds up, David? Uh, I still really like it. Um, there is a scene in this that is still makes me like kind of, I don't want to say cry, but like I, it still hits me in the feels every time. And I uh, I absolutely love it. And And the episode is funny too, but... The conversation between Francis and his uh, dad in the car, when Hal tells, when Hal is, you know, getting mad at him, and then he's he tells him, "I would have come." Like uh, that that scene is just so good and surprisingly emotional for this wacky, zany, crazy show. And I just, I, I don't know. I really, I, I dig that connection, and it, uh, it also like just sort of cements the type of guy i think hal is yeah you know i, I think this show does the emotional moments really well i i agree but this one just i don't know it hits really hits really close to home for me and i i enjoy it and then on top of it just the it's so funny i love the contest between lois and piyama yeah um, yeah that, that that's the highlight for me is definitely the piyama lois stuff it's so good I love the death stare as they're leaving <laughs> and the like semi street hood call outs. <laughs> it's like the most polite gangsta call out ever. Because <laughs> Lois even name the time, name the place. <laughs> Maybe I'll come visit you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Piamo is one of those characters that I, w I just wish they used more. Same. Because, like, any time she has, like, a significant role in an episode, she's fantastic. They, they just don't do it. Yeah, they really don't utilize her enough. Same with, uh, oh, what's the other 
the female Krellboin, uh, Cynthia. Cynthia. Yeah. Yeah. I like they didn't use her enough while they had her, and then her send off was subpar. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think probably like Malcolm in the Middle's biggest weakness is writing characters out. Yeah. I, I think they pretty consistently do a poor job of that. Yeah. You never really get closure. They just stop showing up. Yeah. And, and like even. Like, the Cynthia thing, like, you can consider that episode a send-off, but it's in a very dark, shitty way. Right. Yeah. I don't like it. Like, I, I guess Spangler got, like, a pretty good send-off. I guess. But that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone else either disappears or is written off in a very shitty way. <laughs> Introduction of characters, on the other hand, like Biyama in this episode. Very good. Uh, and I, I also did note... That uh, you can tell this is season three because Reese has his frosted tips. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> uh, God, it feels like the 90s. <laughs> uh, I, I could immediately hear Smash Mouth in the distance. <laughs> That's right. He's really out there smelling like teen spirits, smashing those pumpkins. I, I, I get that you're making those references because, like, it fits the era. But uh, now I'm just envisioning Kurt Cobain <laughs> with, like, frosted tips. Oh, my God. <laughs> if he'd have frosted his tips, he probably would have been happier. That, I, that That's the problem with grunge, David, you know? That's it's right. Just, just not happy enough. It's too sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> They just, you know, put on a Hawaiian shirt, frosted those tips. All those bands would still be around. Yeah. We'd be on, like, fourth wave of ska by now. <laughs> uh. And world peace would be established. If you don't get that joke, Google ska and then hate me later. Uh. Uh. Some, some ska is good. I, I enjoy Ska, but, like, the craziness around Ska fans, I do not enjoy. Fair enough, I suppose. For, my, my golden rule for Ska bands is I like Ska bands that don't consider what they do Ska. That, right? that seems to be the consistent factor. They definitely are Ska bands, but they will not admit it. I also have the rule of you can talk about Ska as long as it's not to a Ska fan. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, David, let's pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. I hate <laughs> <So> you. <laughs> so we go uh, to our only, you know, uh, awards that, that I want to look back on, because by this point in season three, we had all of our segments down, obviously with the exception of WTF is COG. Well, that's not really like a, it's not really specific to the episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, who did you choose as your least shitty kid, David? I chose Dewey. Interesting, okay. I I had to choose Dewey. You know, I while the barfing on command thing, yeah, sure, it's gross. Um, but it's probably something that he learned as a defense mechanism from his brothers and their terrible influence. And aside from that, he doesn't do anything super, super shitty. I, I dislike his little stand-up to Lois thing. Uh, it seems very disrespectful, but... Compared to the shittiness of the other two, I, I can't fault him as much for the things that he does. And reevaluating this episode, 
I have to take away points from Francis that I previously gave him because not inviting your parents to your wedding, at least Hal, and not telling your parents that you're bringing an additional person when they are paying for you to come visit them is super shitty and disrespectful and incredibly hurtful. Like, I can't even imagine, like, my dad and I don't have, like, the best relationship in the world, but, like... I can't imagine not inviting my dad to my wedding. So yeah, and and therein lies the difference between you and I, David. <laughs> I can easily imagine not telling anyone in my family I'm getting married. <laughs> right. But listen, I'm a dad. I can like I can envision and imagine now if that was my son, like that would I get like Hal's anger and and pain there because that would be that would be devastating like if your kid doesn't love you enough to like think about having you there for that that's that would suck yeah but i I don't know i I can also understand given like like that they did essentially remove him from their lives why francis felt like they wouldn't want to come because I, I think this is one of those things that, like, within the context of the season works better than, like, as a one-off. Sure. But because you have to, like, remember how the whole Alaska arc stuff started. I remember. Yeah, and I remember trips, Hal's trip to the military school and everything. But I also, I don't know, like, I knew, like, none of our family was going to come to my wedding. I still invited them all. Yeah, fair. Not sending an invite is shitty. I guess, but I, I don't know. Like, like, I envision their wedding as, like, very much a, like, courthouse, like, like no one is there wedding. Yeah, but again, that's not the point. The parents, at the very least, deserve to know. I don't care if you're doing the Las Vegas thing and you're going through the drive through wedding thing. Your parents better get a phone call on the way to the damn drive through But I, I, I do think Francis... Like, like, I feel like this episode is really the start of Francis turning around as a character. Sure. But I look, he just doesn't get the points that he did last time. I, I think that was a shitty thing to do. Um, and, you know, since we get to hold them to the things that they, you know, did off screen. <laughs> I thought we didn't, David. <laughs> you do it all the time, Jake. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you yell at me, and now who's doing it? You. I've done it a couple times. <laughs> you won me over to the darkest timeline. If you <laughs> look, can't beat him, look, Jake. You, you've, you've done it before I started doing it on a regular basis, and you decided it was against the rules. Since then, you haven't done it. Correct. <laughs> Until now. Yeah, well, we're back in the past, Jake. Ah, I see, I see. This is season three rules. <laughs> yeah, this is season three, me. <laughs> gotcha. God, I wish. Can I go back to the rules for season three? No. <laughs> <laughs> that had changed some things, and you know exactly what. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I did sick with Francis. Because while I agree that, like, he handled the wedding stuff poorly, uh, I, I do think his apology to Hal was sincere. I don't disagree with that. But he and does never apologize to Lois for it. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> and he never will, David. <laughs> that is true. Uh, and and uh, I will point out, we did both choose Francis. Yeah, I figured as much. I I thought I remembered. This one was soon enough that I could remember it. Like, 
Man, looking back at how long ago all of this was, like, holy shit. <laughs> so much has happened. Not just in the show, but so much has happened since we recorded this episode. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, uh, watching a lot of these older episodes uh, and, like, now having been through, like, a thing where, you know, I I've almost lost a kid, you know, potentially, and, and going through all it, like, I can't imagine any of the first three f plots like <laughs> like <laughs> a- any of them uh fair <laughs> uh well who did you choose as your shittiest kid this time david this is gonna surprise you is it malcolm yeah of course it is uh malcolm leaves the tip blank yeah yeah <laughs> this <laughs> I will say, despite you not choosing him as your shittiest kid, this was a point of contention the first time around. Uh, you actually chose Dewey as your shittiest kid last time, which is why it was very funny to me that you named him least shitty this time. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, last time around, I chose Reese. And you were insisting that, like, Malcolm was worse than Reese and Dewey was even worse than Malcolm. But because of, like, Malcolm's escalation of fate. Right. And ironically enough, I went with Dewey as my shittiest kid this time. <laughs> I actually went with your choice instead of my own. <laughs> nah, it's Malcolm. The escalation, the fact that he, like, gave that dude knowing, and we know by now that Malcolm understands, like, money and credit cards and stuff, and he he's like... I'm just going to leave the tip blank and you write in whatever you think is fair. And he urges Dewey to vomit on command. Yeah, no, no. I, th- I think he's a fair choice for this. I think all three of them are fair choices for this award. Yeah, they're pretty shitty. <laughs> uh, I ended up choosing Dewey over the other two because of the march back in and using like all of the chaos going on. As an excuse to, you know, confess to breaking the ice maker when he knows he won't be held accountable. Just felt especially manipulative. (laughs) And Uh, shitty. Yeah, that's fair. And it put him over the top for me. Uh, It was very funny. Oh, absolutely. But it was also shitty. And that's why he's my shittiest kid. But uh, unless you have anything to add on Hal's birthday, I think it's time for us to move along to our last episode. All right, and what are we watching this time, Jake? Four words backward. Oh, man. I don't know which way I'm going. You're going forwards backwards. Oh, okay. Isn't that just standing still? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. It's an episode where no one moves. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a weird gimmick, but I admire it. <laughs> God, I kind of want to see that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. And welcome back from Four Words Backwards. Uh, first things first, I forgot to uh, give the character rules for Craig and Otto, which was their first appearances in our uh, episode 100 Spectacular. Right. And coincidentally, they have the same rule, <laughs> which is that either of, if either of them get injured in the episode, I have to finish my drink, which uh, did come into play there at the end. <laughs> With Otto falling off the roof. Right. And my drink for this episode was was El Vaca Diablo. El Vaca Diablo. (laughs) 
It's the first one where I actually had the name and then worked backwards from there. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I forgot that this was the uh, devil cow one. <laughs> I did not. I did the first time we, we watched it for the podcast, but I remember this time. But uh, the drink that I made was also the first one I had to do research on because I had to uh, check what double check what the rule was for milk-based alcoholic drinks. <laughs> make sure I didn't curdle it. Right. <laughs> but it was one part vodka, one part milk with uh, some chocolate syrup, and a cinnamon stick for garnish. It's the first one of these I've made that I do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> well, could I recommend, Jake, adding, uh, instead of chocolate syrup, chocolate liqueur to this? If we had any, I would have, David. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, for our audience at home, if you're going to replicate this, use use that instead. Uh, yeah, I would also recommend using Bailey's Irish cream instead of milk. That's fair. Yeah. That would have been very good, I think. Yeah. The drink I made, it wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't good. Right. <laughs> it's hard. Also. It's hard to mix alcohol and milk and create a good drink. Yeah. It, that, that definitely takes like an actual bartender, not my I'll mix these two things <laughs> together approach. Right. <laughs> uh, I will say also, because of the just mentioned auto rule i also had just a straight shot of vodka afterwards because i owed a drink after finishing my drink for auto falling off the roof nice uh. <laughs> and i call that one el vodka diablo wow <laughs> uh so definitely the episode that i had to drink the most for right i also i definitely I, I find it hilarious because I can tell that you've been drinking, but I feel like to our audience after you edit this, they're not going to be able to tell that you've been drinking like at all. <laughs> uh, to be fair, like after the first episode, I could definitely feel it. Epis like the, the episode two and three, like I had sobered up by then because they're, the episodes just didn't require a lot of drinking. So like the interim in between was enough for me to like, be more sober than, than I was at the start. But uh, this one, definitely, I can feel it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, this episode's great. It's, it's <laughs> phenomenal. I love it. Which may be a uh, controversial opinion, because it puts it ahead of roller skates. But I think this is our... The, the, I, I would rank this number two out of the ones we've watched tonight. Uh, it doesn't go ahead of roller skates. Well, it does. It goes bowling, forwards, backwards, roller skates, and then how's birthday? No, no. See, yeah, that's, that's the order. No, that's not the order. I think, I think that you definitely have this wrong, Jake. It's definitely roller skates, bowling, forwards, backwards, how's birthday? No, no. Actually, that's definitely wrong. <laughs> I might even, be, you know, to be honest. To be honest, I spaced out and don't know what order you said. But it's definitely wow. Wrong. I hate you so much. <laughs> also, I might even switch bowling and forwards backwards. Honestly, wow. Bowling is good, but like this has like the best f plot. Maybe not the best, but one of the best f plots ever. 
Oh, I'd say it's the best F-plot, for it's sure. So, it's definitely my favorite It's F-plot. so good, and Otto is hilarious, and Francis is great, and the cow thing is hilarious, and him pulling out the milking stool like it's a gun <laughs> is phenomenal. Yeah, this F-plot rules. It really does. I love it. And the other plot lines are also great, just not as great. Yeah. But man, the, the audience did a great job choosing these episodes, I will say. These are all, like... Top tier. Top tier, yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Hate that we just said the same thing twice now. <laughs> Jake, we create content nonstop. We live together. We play D&Ds on Saturday. Like, what do, you, what do you expect to happen? I know, but I still hate it. <laughs> Jake, I could probably quote you. I could 100% identity theft you. I could do the I could do the fucking Jim Halpert become you to Dwight thing. Yeah, I know, and I could do it to you, but I, <laughs> I I would look if we were doing when we do stuff like that as a bit, funny. When it just happens, hate it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it. It's, it cracks. I up. also hate that the other day it happened between me and Kyle. <laughs> I don't like that it's expanding. <laughs> We're turning into a hive mind, and I don't approve. Oh, I I hope we become a hive mind, Jake. Yeah, I bet you fucking do. <laughs> Be the only way I have any control over you two heathens. Exactly. That's why we need to resist. Death to the hive mind. You are the hive mind, Jake. Not yet. We are one. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. What's this podcast about? Yeah, the, back to the podcast. Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> so, uh, what uh, what awards do we have? Uh, just the shittiest and least shitty, right? Yeah, just shittiest and least shitty. And then we got a couple segments, and then I think that's pretty much the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. we're we're wrapping up a hundred episodes of talking about Malcolm in the middle. Yeah, and very appropriate for this episode in particular for any uh. Fucking nerds out there want to come after our number. This is technically like 102 in the feed, but uh, we, we didn't uh, count the two uncaged episodes that we saw. Well, yeah, that's a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went, almost wish I'd thought of it sooner, Uh huh. but but I think it only, it's one of those things I think only would have been funny to me and maybe you. Okay. But it, it would have been funny to me to do the very comic booky thing of do episode 100, like on the episode 100 in the feed, and then do episode 100 again two episodes later. Oh my god. <laughs> well, like they do in comics constantly. Yeah, that would have been a joke, I think, only for us. You have to be a yeah. pretty, like, deep comic book nerd. You gotta, you gotta be a level 45 dungeon master to really get that one, Jake. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> that's why i'm glad i didn't think of it ahead of time because i think if we'd done it no one would have liked it except for us right <laughs> but i would have found it very funny i know you would have jake i know you would have and i would have looked at it and gone what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's spider-man numbering david yeah it sure would have been <laughs> it's an issue 45 but this is the 50th comic don't worry about it uh, <laughs> it's well, look, obviously, issue 1000 comes right after issue 500. <laughs> that just makes sense. <laughs> what are we, we not gonna do, like, big 
collector numbers one after the other whenever numbering things as conveniently as possible? Yeah. That's crazy talk. (laughs) All right. So what are our awards for this one? Uh, So yeah, just shittiest and least shitty kid. Let's start with least shitty. Who was your least shitty kid, David? Francis. Okay. Okay. I approve. I agree. I'm aware that I am changing from the original stance that I took. <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> uh, but look, after some some deep reflection and the fact that I didn't have to think about how to piss you off uh, for this episode, uh, <laughs> Francis is... I, I I just I love the F plotness a lot. I really, really do. And I could think of cases for at least two others to be least shitty kid, but I love that Francis is like just I don't know, watching it this time, I love the fact that he's like not shaken by the devil cow. He's not like mm-hmm. falling into this like superstition. And then he's reading the animal husbandry book in the storm on the roof trying to find a way around this solution other than uh-huh. shooting the devil cow and, you know, all the dumb shit that you said last time. Uh, nope. <laughs> exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think Francis is not cut out to be a rancher because, like, if you can't, if it's that hard for you to shoot an animal, like, you're going to have problems. But this animal did not need shot. She just needed a good milking, and that's life, and I, I love the setup for this. So it's Francis. I, I think Francis's disposition is good for a dude ranch as opposed to a real ranch. Like, I get what you're saying <laughs> for, for, like, a ranch ranch, but that's not what the grotto is. That's that's fair. That's fair. And you know what? I think part of it, the reason why I didn't rate it this way when we first watched it, uh, aside from having to, you know, pick a thing that I knew you were going to argue with, was that I still was thinking of the grotto as, like, a real ranch. And I think we've come far enough in the show now that it's really cemented as just like a comical, crazy, like themed hotel in my mind. Yeah, I mean, this is also early enough in season four that you were like waiting for Francis to have like a turn back to like classic Francis. That's true. Like you hadn't been sold on like he's going through this like big character growth thing yet. So there were a lot of episodes where I was choosing Francis and you were like, no, like a lot of like, uh, like trying to guess at his motives and stuff to not give him the awards based on like, especially like season one and two Francis. Right. So I I think part of that too is just like seeing like the direction that Francis went makes these episodes a lot different, which I think like even in season four, I, I said like. I, I, I felt like that was part of why I kept giving Francis Lee Shitty Kid Awards, because I knew the direction he was going. That's fair. Uh, but last time, you chose Dewey as Lee Shitty Kid. That, that tracks, yeah. He would have been my second choice. But uh, moving on to Shittiest Kid, who did you have as your shittiest kid? Uh, surprising no one, Malcolm. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I feel like you've really uh, turned on Malcolm. The, like last season, like 75%, 100% this season. But you did choose Malcolm originally. This is not a change. Yeah, no. Like Malcolm Malcolm is super shitty in this. And the whole prank war is his fault. The escalation, his fault. Like at some point, you have to stand up and be the bigger man. And 
uh, Malcolm refused to do that. And it cost not only him and Reese uh, physical anguish, but also cost him his birthday uh, and a lot of money, allegedly. Yeah. $300 to be exact. Yep. Also, what do you mean allegedly? I mean, going back to the rule of if we don't see it, it didn't happen. We never see Reese spend the money. He just took it. We don't actually see we him see- spend the money. It's fine. We see. Oh, my. See. I feel like you've. Like, Eric has, like, demonstrated the extreme of, like, you know, making wild assumptions about things happening off screen. I feel like you've just gone in the opposite direction. <laughs> like, we've seen the money in the book. We've seen the money taken out of the book. We've seen the letter that Reese left <laughs> explaining that he's stolen the money. And you're like, I don't know. We never saw the money in his hands. Yeah, it's all circumstantial <laughs> evidence, Jake. Hey, you. <laughs> I love it. I This is for making my official title for this episode, DP. If you think I haven't been calculating this since the episode started, fuck off. Not going to lie, I forgot about DP. (laughs) I have not. And I knew as soon as we started. You think about DP a lot, don't you? I hate you. I knew. I mean, yeah, it's my initials. I knew the minute we started this episode of the show how I could fuck with you. And this is it. Uh, we never see Reese spend the money. I fucking hate you. <laughs> you know what? You know what, David? What? What? I had Malcolm as my shittiest king uh-huh. of this episode. Just barely. I'm fucking changing it to Reese. Wow. Because so he spent wait, wait, Malcolm's wait, wait. money. You're, he you're, did the ultimate no, escalation. No, 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 no. Your morals are that shakable that you absolutely one of our sacred awards? One hundred percent. Wow. I thought more of you, Jacob. You shouldn't have. Clearly. Comment on our Twitter. Send him emails. Uh, everyone, let me, let us know how annoying you find Jake's just absolute lack of sincerity and morality and, and honoring of our wonderful Academy Awards that we painstakingly collect and try to give out in a very honest and heartfelt way just for you, the audience. And now Jake is just shitting all over him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Jake. <laughs> just the, yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Look, I'm going renegade. Fuck the Academy. <laughs> Uh, calm down, Will Smith. Yo, David, I'm about to slap you. <laughs> that joke was very offensive. I don't think you'd walk three flights of stairs to slap me. <laughs> I don't know that I could walk three flights of stairs. <laughs> I'm pretty fucked up right now. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is perfect. I like that it culminates into a, a a Jake that they have seen me bring out without alcohol, and I know it's alcohol, but the audience might just be like, maybe Jake's just pissed. 
Oh, oh no, no. Uh, the, the only way I can explain my current state of mind is that in my head, I keep doing uh, the Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. Oh my god. Uh, I've turned into the woo girl, David. That's the level of drunk I am. You <laughs> the how I met your mother woo girl. Oh my god. You do turn into a woo, <laughs> a woo girl. I love it. I do. Uh... <laughs> uh, that is exactly the kind of drunk I am. You're gonna hate editing this. You're gonna hear uh... this part when you're editing and you're gonna go, why did I say that? Fuck. <laughs> One hundred percent. I love this. Oh. But you know what I, you know what I have to say to future Jake. Whoa! <laughs> I love it. Okay, so all right, so we got our awards down. <laughs> if we keep going, this will go forever. Um, we got our awards down. We do still have one more segment, at least, Jake. We do. We have WTF. Is C-O-G. Yes, and what is C-O-G? Well, that's the question, David. As we learned a few episodes ago, Hal works for a company uh, that is named C-O-G. And we have made it our mission to uh, lay out the potential title of of, of what that stands for. And it it is my first time up to bat. (laughs) I have determined that the company Hal works for is Concussive Orgasm Generators <laughs> Limited, which is Go a on. sex toy company specializing in sex toys <laughs> that you use massive concussive force. <laughs> for... What the fuck? <laughs> Go on. But you see, Dave, the theory is the more force you use to create the orgasm, Uh the the, the better the orgasm will be. They make the highest horsepower sex toys on the market. Okay, so Hal works for Frat Boys Limited. Got it. God. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not just Frat Boys. It goes both ways, David. Oh, okay. Okay. It's a it's a very progressive ramming in as hard as you can company. Uh yes. Sounds like a real hostile takeover. <laughs> well I have also determined that the uh SEC investigation is uh what well, like a fallout from a larger issue <laughs> with the company. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh. That, that is that they they are involved in a massive lawsuit that they're trying to you know hide the losses from with, with some creative you know moving around of assets, which is why the SEC has become involved. Oh my god! Because one of their sex toys may allegedly have resulted in a man losing his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. (laughs) For for anyone who thinks this is drunk Jake coming up with this insane idea, this is all in the notes. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh my god. No, this is just crazy enough that it's the type of stuff you come up with. 
<laughs> the worst part is, is I can see the like, I can see the the satire, uh, you know, like John Oliver slash you know John Stewart type uh-huh. reporting for this uh-huh. company and this scandal. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I had in mind. I figured. <laughs> oh my god. So that's WTF is COG. Yeah, that company really drives a hard bargain. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> all right. I think that's everything. I think we, we did it. We did it. This is 100. 100 episodes down. Jesus. Man, thank you guys so much. Seriously. Like, I cannot appreciate you all enough. So many of you guys have actually, like, actively integrated yourselves into our community and into our lives and and talk to us all the much and i i especially appreciate those conversations but everyone if you just listen to an episode of the show like we appreciate you guys this has been a ton of fun and i we would not probably not still be going if it weren't for all of you guys and the sports you guys give and you guys fucking rock 100 down guys we appreciate you guys so much yeah do you wanna you wanna do the wrap up there, drunk Jake? You wanna you wanna do your normal wrap up? You think you can handle it? Absolutely. All right, let's hear this. This is great. <clears throat> uh, thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email, where we are lifeisunfairpod at gmail.com, or on Twitter, where we are unfair underscore podcast. Very good, Jake. And also, if you enjoy the banter back and forth and want to join us live, head on over to twitch.tv slash lpdeathray where we stream games live every single night but friday saturday night uh it's a ton of fun we have live chats with you guys we play games there's a bunch of different weird rules if you like jake's drinking game from this episode we do stuff like that with video games all the time uh head on over we'd love to see you guys there and thank you guys so much for listening and remember life is unfair Hold on, my dog wants in. Hear that. Hold on, my dog wants in is the name of my Kentucky bluegrass band. Wow. (laughs) What? (laughs) I thought that one was good. (laughs) That was pretty good. Thanks.